Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out to part 14 of my Purpose Singleness course, Unrealistic Expectations. I'm excited about this session. We got a lot of notes that I want to cover today, so I'm going to give everyone an opportunity to get into the live feed. But for those who are watching me for the very first time, my name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. If you feel after listening to uh, this video that this is something that may benefit you as you walk this life and as you navigate life, make sure you subscribe, hit the bell, all that good stuff. But for those who's been watching for a mighty long time, whether you've been watching uh, for from 12 years ago, seven years ago, or if two days ago you've been a subscriber on my channel, I want to say thank you all for your continuous support. Uh, also, come in uh, to the live feed if you can, but if you're watching this later, uh, feel free to engage, comment, like, share all that good stuff because your support has helped me uh, grow significantly and I really appreciate it. But for those who are new to all of the things that I do with these long videos, the time stamps to every major part of this course of today's lecture and the Q&A portion is in the comment section below. But let's get right to the chat box, see who's all here. Let me know what city you're watching from, state, all that good stuff. I haven't seen my chat go off yet. So I hope you guys are there. I'm just waiting on some people to comment. I haven't seen my chat go. Uh, let's see what's going on with the chat. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. All right. I'm going to give you all an opportunity. There we go. Durham, North Carolina in the building. Just want to make sure that all systems are a go before I get going. Because once I get going, that's it. But I hope you all are doing exceptionally well. Oh, y'all here? Okay, great. Cleveland, Ohio. Memphis in the building. <clears throat> what's going on, Eliza? What's going on? Hey, Coach, checking in from Mel. Thank you for watching. Hey, Coach Columbus in the building. Just went back and watched Singleness and Spiritual Warfare. Hey, I'm telling you, there's some good resources. This whole purpose of this course is for there to be a free online resource for you and all singles to kind of navigate in and through to learn from. Sweden in the building. Glad y'all here. UK, London, watching from the West Palm Beach, Florida. Thank you for watching. Dallas in the building. Hope y'all are doing exceptionally well. Get your notes out. I have a ton of notes here. I already got my little circles and my dashes for my main points. You can also join this course for free at lifework.teachable.com where you're able to get these worksheets for free. Let me go ahead and post it in the section in there for you. So you guys and gals will be able to uh, join that course. Uh, let me see here. All right, here we go. My purpose singing this course is free. All these worksheets are available to you as well. <clears throat> the whole course sparked from this book, The Purpose of Singleness. Are you whole or full of holes? This book right here is my best-selling book thus far, and, and it's, it's dense. And we're going to get into the C. I promise you we're going to get into it. I think I have the wrong email address for those ebooks. I never got them. Is there a link? Go back through my website. Email me again. I'll make sure I get that book to you, Chantel. I'll make sure I get it to you. Hey, what's up, Info Me As Much? But that book is what sparked this course, and I'm excited to serve you all with it. But let's get right into it. I guess we got everybody in the building. In the beginning portion, of course, but today we're going to be talking about unrealistic expectations, unrealistic expectations. My main thought for tonight's session is this, inspect before you expect, inspect before expecting. And my talking points today, I think is threefold. We're going to be talking about um, <clears throat> what are unrealistic expectations, signs you have unrealistic expectations, and how to develop and implement biblical explanations. So today, we're going to be talking about what are unrealistic expectations, signs you have unrealistic expectations, and how to develop and implement biblical expectations. But let's get right into the question and the problem and get your pens and papers out because we have a lot of points we're going to cover because I think this is what's causing a lot of people to be disappointed because their expectations are not 
are not uh, have not been investigated. But the question for tonight that I want you to kind of ponder on as I go through today's lesson is this. How you uh, have you fully investigated what you desire to have? Have you fully investigated what you desire to have? Let's get right to the problem. Many singles or people are expecting things without fully inspecting them. Many singles or people are expecting things without fully inspecting them. Their unrealistic expectations are setting them up to be drastically disappointed and drowning in their negative emotions. Many singles or people are expecting things without fully inspecting them. Their unrealistic expectations are setting them up to be drastically disappointed and drowning in negative emotions. This problem is evident in a lot of people's lives. <clears throat> people, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me. People haven't properly investigated what they desire to have. Many people right now are developing unrealistic expectations about things they have yet to do a full inspection of. They haven't interviewed or, uh, or investigated any successful marriages or relationships. They haven't engaged in enough uh, 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 um, resource or time with God to even see if they're even really ready for what they're expecting. Many singles are expecting things without fully inspecting them. It's important for us to look at everything that we desire in life and inspect it. Inspect it as far as 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 uh, finding out or navigating uh, what it will really take to fulfill it, to fully manage that thing. That's why my question to you is, do you even know what you're really asking for? Do you even know what really comes with marriage? What really comes with money? What really comes with success? What really comes with purpose? And this period of your single life is giving you the opportunity to do all the investigative uh, um, um, uh, things you need to do to ensure that when it's time for you to step into that role, you're able to manage that role. Many singles or people are expecting things without fully inspecting them. Their unrealistic expectations are setting them up to be drastically disappointed and drowning in potentially negative emotions. What that basically means is that when you expect things without inspecting them, then your expectations, which may be real to you, will actually be unreal and will prove that you are unable to fulfill what you have expectations for. And what then oftentimes happens <clears throat> because people haven't investigated or engaged or discussed things with God or got around people who have years of success with it, they begin to get intoxicated with their own expectation of what they think they deserve, that they forget the service that they need to have right now to ensure that they're actually of some type of service to the thing that they desire that they desire to have. And then what happens is when you have unrealistic expectations, when that real thing comes with the real consequences and the real um, um, uh, burdens of it, then you would be disappointed when either one happens, when God never bring, when God doesn't bring it to you when you expect it, or when you settle for it and then realize that you're not really built for this. The goal is to be built for the thing that we endeavor uh, to have built for us. What God has built for us, he's building us for. Everything that God has for us is already built because he's above time. Since he's above time, everything in time has been built, even if it hasn't been manifested in the present time. But 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 the thing that God has for you has already been built. God is rested. God is not working. God is not working right now because he's above time. Everything is working from what he has finished worked. 
You see what I'm saying? What he has already finished work, what he what has already been worked on. Everything is working towards what has been finished. Our goal is to fellowship with the Father enough and flow with the Spirit enough to be able to find which to find the things that has already been built for us. That's why we have to say, Holy Spirit, I welcome your uh, uh, um, your contractors. I welcome you to build me for what God has already built for me. God has already built that man, built that woman in, 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 in his perfect time and built that marriage, built that relationship, built these different things. But in the meantime, in the time that we have now, he is building us to be able to handle what has already been built. But so many people have been drastically disappointed, sunk into a level of depression, and now they find themselves swimming in toxic emotion, upset with God, discouraged, upset because they got caught up in being intoxicated by their own expectations that they forgot what they needed to do in regards to their due diligence to inspect and make sure that they actually built for what God has already built for them. Now, let's go to some definitions. What are unrealistic expectations? What are unrealistic expectations? <clears throat> Excuse me, let's keep going. An unrealistic expectation is an expectation a person has who doesn't either recognize or desire to recognize the truth about a situation, especially about the difficulties involved. An unrealistic expectation is an expectation a person has who doesn't either recognize or desire to recognize the truth about the situation, especially about the difficulties involved. Now, what does that mean? An unrealistic expectation is an expectation a person has that that person either doesn't desire to recognize or doesn't recognize the severity and the seriousness that comes with the situation of desire, especially, especially the difficulties involved. Every position you desire to have has pressure. Whatever position you have has pressure. That's why people who are higher positions have are paid the most because of the pressure that comes with that position, because of the responsibilities that come with that position. So many people desire high positions, but forget that for that position is a certain amount of pressure that comes with it. And if you can't handle the pressure at this level, you're not going to handle the pressure at that level. If you can't handle the pressures of singleness, then you're not going to be able to handle the pressures of marriage. If you're not able to handle the pressures of, of school, they're not going to handle the pressures of a career, of a calling, of a purpose. We have to sit in certain, certain chambers and feel the pressure and become familiar with pressure and not afraid with pressure so that when we are placed into a position of pressure, we can withstand the pressure. But if you're complaining at this level, if you're upset at this level, if you're not content at this level, then when that real level comes and you, you use your energy to get to that level, you're going to realize that you were not built for it. I rather spend four or five years behind everybody else and have it for longer than to get it when everybody else get it and lose it when everybody lose it. I rather, hear me, I rather uh, 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 get it five years after everybody has gotten it and keep it for 40 to 50 years than to get it when everybody else gets it and lose it when everybody loses. Now, what does that mean? 
I rather for you to be single for another three years and let your friends get married now. Let them settle for the wrong one now. Let him or her settle for the wrong one now and then get your relationship when they're divorcing. I rather for that to happen then you jump in to try to keep up with the Joneses and the Jenkins and the, and everybody else, everybody else, and then realize you losing it just like they're losing it. That's why it's important for us to be okay with God's timing because God's timing is perfect. <clears throat> we got to understand that there are difficulties. Thank you for watching, everyone. There are difficulties in every desired position. And if you're not willing to be real with yourself and be real with what comes with real things, then you won't be the real deal for that real thing. That's why I rather say, God, prove me, pressurize me, position me, prune me to help me get into position so that when I'm there, I fully trust you. I'm well able mentally, emotionally, and physically and spiritually able to discern from that place and sustain that place than to get there without you and then realize I need you, but got to start back at square one where you desire for me to be, to start from. An unrealistic expectation is an expectation a person has who doesn't recognize or desire to recognize the truth about the situation, especially about the difficulties involved. That's why it's important for us to say, you know what? Am I really ready? Am I really ex am I really ready to to have what I'm expecting? Let's keep going. Now, everyone carries expectations. Everyone carries expectations. Our expectations comes from our experiences, our educational level, our emotional level, our level of exegesis, and our eyes. Our expectations derive from our experiences, meaning um, when you experience certain things, your expectation comes from that. So if you experience a, a bad upbringing, then you will either go one or two extremes. No extremes, you go one or two directions. Either you expect to never live that way again, or your expectation is that everything is like what I've already experienced. Some people's expectations come from their experiences. And that's what oftentimes mess up a lot of relationships is that many people get in relationships and and develop uh, expectations from their past experiences and don't give grace for the other person's lack of experience in that area. So for one, you may come from money. That person may not come from money. Even though he or she is good for money, you may have experienced money differently, but your expectations from your experience with money or your experience for whatever may not be biblical and may bring unnecessary pressure and struggles in a relationship because your expectations derived from experiences that are not technically beneficial for relationships holistically. Also, our expectations come from our level of education. Our level of our educational level, where we are in our knowledge will determine our expectations. Some people have a poverty mindset, so therefore their expectations have a poverty twist to it. Some people come from abuse and their expectations from the abuse twist. Um, a lot of people through their level of education, all they know is this. All they know is that. This is their um, plateau or level of understanding from a thing and their expectations come from there. But when they meet somebody or meet a, a company or are looking to go somewhere else, they're not able to uh, experience that other level of ex that what they expect to have in life because they haven't fully equip themselves intellectually to be able to understand, perceive, and do the job or do the relationship thoroughly. That's why the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. 
It's important for us to do that so that when we are walking to, into these rooms of opportunities, we have been proven. It's cool that we are in position, but it's our practices that, what I mean by that, it's okay that we are in position as a daughter or son of God, but we have to engage the spirit of God to enhance our intelligence, to enhance our intellect, to enhance our EQ, our emotional intelligence, and enhance ourselves so that when we step into that place, we are proven to be well able to do whatever it is that we're stepping in to do. <clears throat> our expectation comes from our experience, our level of education, and our emotions. Some people are so emotionally bruised, bruised that their expectation comes from their emotions. I have a lot of notes, so let me keep going. Our expectation comes from our level of exegesis. Your level of understanding of the word of God will help you, will determine your level of expectation. If you barely know the word of God, then you're going to be probably expecting things either below or above the biblical expectations for someone to expect. There are certain people that have a poor understanding of the word of God that they're now expecting a spouse to, to live, submit under, or sacrifice for a, a, <clears throat> a fallacy or to sacrifice uh, under a false doctrine. That's why it's important for us to exegete the word of God thoroughly so that we won't be expecting someone to submit to or sacrifice for a level of theology that is not even in the word of God or is proven to be true. Our expectations comes from our eyes, what we see in life. You are the, not the sum total, but you are what you entertain through your eye lens. And what I mean by that is if all you see is what you see, then all you see is what you're going to get. But if you can dream above and think above a toxic environment, you can eventually be above. That's why it's important for you not to be a product of your environment if your environment is bad, but allow your environment to be a product of you. Change the way you see. Think on things that are above. See yourself better. See yourself healthy. See yourself whole. If you can see it, you can be it. But if you become uh, uh, imprisoned by walking by sight and not by faith, see, the lens of the believer is to see by faith. We're supposed to see things that are not seen. The belief, unbeliever not, is not supposed to be able to see what we can see. We're supposed to be able to see ourselves taken care of. My wife and I are, are, are doing exceptionally well, even in the midst of this pandemic. God is blessing us. I don't see coronavirus and get scared. I see that he took coronavirus on the cross for me. So I'm not worried about it. My money ain't going to start cracking jokes and starting to be funny around this time because I'm connected to a higher system. My system is not of this world. Whatever system you are on assignment of or an ambassador of, that system is designed to support you. Either you are supported by the system of heaven or the system, system of this world. If you're supported by the system of heaven, you're not, you, you don't watch the news. You don't care about what's going on because a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come near you. You see what I'm saying? So most of our expectations come from our experience, our level of education, our emotional level, our level of exegesis, and from our eyes. Let's keep going. Most, if not all, of our expectations are flawed. All, most, if not all, of our expectations are flawed. An expectation is something that you expect to happen. Most, if not all, of our expectations are flawed due to the flaws in our ability to process, to properly process what we see or expect. That's very profound. Let's walk it through. Most, if not all of our expectations are flawed due to the flaws in our ability to properly process what we see or expect. Now, what does that mean? 
<clears throat> Never trust your limited viewpoint of life. Trust God's viewpoint of life. All of our flaw, all of our expectations to a degree are flawed because we don't see everything. I have to trust the one that sees everything because my eyes are limited. I can only see to a certain part of the horizon of my life. The rest is faith. The rest is trusting God. Therefore, we cannot sit there and say, I expect marriage to be like this. I expect life to be like this. I expected this to come out this way. You can have all these expectations, but if you're not trusting yourself in the one that sees everything, then you're going to find yourself <clears throat> always disappointed. Like with my marriage, no marriage is made the same. It doesn't matter how many counseling you go through. It doesn't matter how many marriage people you talk to. You don't know what's going to hit your marriage. And that's, or you don't know what's going to hit your ministry, hit your career, hit your family. So you can sit back when the sun is up and the weather's good and expect, oh, I expect my marriage to be X, Y, and Z. I expect my man to look like this, be like this always. Nothing bad is going to ever happen. I expect my wife to look like this, think like this, move like this, and nothing going to be able to change that. I expect my ministry to take off in a year. I expect my career to take off in a year. All those expectations will set you up for disappointment if you don't trust God's timing. That's why it's important for you to say, God, I'm going with your flow and I'm going to, I'm going with you and I trust you. I had crazy expectations about my ministry starting out. Man, if, if I would have known in 2005, what I know, what I, what I know now, I probably wouldn't have started. And what I mean by that is when I first started my ministry, I expected to be world renowned everywhere and, 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 and helping everybody in a, in a span of a year or two. And then now, 12 years in, I've matured. I see things differently. I don't even want what I used to desire. I don't even want a big ministry like I desire. I don't even want the type of ministry that I once desired. As I matured, my expectations became even, kill, have became even and lined up with scripture. And now I have greater joy now than the joyful aspirations I once had. And when you have all these expectations, before you even enter a thing, you're going to find yourself uh, really messed up when you're in there. That's why I told my wife, when we, when I told her when we got married, I ain't expecting nothing. Because I learned in my life, I don't expect, the only thing I expect from you, and the only thing I expect from myself, and the only thing I expect from this marriage is what the word of God expects. Everything else is subject to what God has already done for us. So I'm not going to expect my wife to be perfect at this, great at this, because we got 50, 60 years with this. It's crazy how we have these <clears throat> unrealistic expectations for people and you expect it to be manifested in a week, in a year, when you're dealing with a human being. You're dealing with uncontrollable circumstances. You're dealing with storms that you didn't. It's one thing if you got a whole book of everything that's going to happen in your life and you're prepared for it. But since we're not put on, uh, since we don't have that foreknowledge, we got to go with the flow with the one that has the knowledge so that when we are in trouble situations, we don't become disappointed and have undercurrents of resentment inside of us. And then our relationships are damaged in the process. So if you're single right now <clears throat> and you have all these expectations and you have no experience and you have no, no uh, evidence of engagement with God for a level of fruit of contentment birthed in your life, my friend, 
You're setting yourself up to be drastically disappointed and possibly swimming in the deep waters of your own depression. Most, if not all, of our expectations are flawed due to the flaws in our ability to properly process what we see or expect. Most of us haven't even grown to a level of maturity to walk by faith and not by sight. And since we're not even at that level of maturity, it's not that we don't expect anything or desire a thing, but we expect from a place of humility. We expect good things. Don't get me wrong. We expect good things from God, but 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 we embrace the good things we already have. And so our life is more 90% of engaging or embracing the goodness now, and 10% is about expecting the future. You can't go 90% of your life expect expecting good things and then 10% is engaging or embracing or 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 praising God for the good things. 95% of your life should be engaging, interacting, giving praises for the goodness that's happening right now. Not 90% of your energy going into, I'm expecting what God is going to do good for me. No, I'm embracing the good that God has already given. You see what I'm saying? That's what keeps you from, from having your hope deferred, having your hope in something movable. And then what if you don't get married this year? Have you thought about that? What if you don't meet the man until 2025? Are you okay with that? If you're not okay with God's will, you're going to you always find yourself ill. If you're not okay with God's will, you will end up ill. I'm telling you, you got in order to be healthy, well, and whole, you got to be okay with God's will. Most people who are sick right now, emotionally sick, mentally sick, physically sick, is because they are not in God's will and okay with God's will and 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 uh, and, and okay with it. It's you got to be okay with it because your, His purpose for you all. It's greater than what you desire. I thank you for giving. I appreciate that. That that you can't get so caught up in, well, God, I'm 35. God, I'm 40. God, I'm 22. God, when you coming? And God's like, man, you, you do you trust me with it? And many of us, the reason why we don't have it is because we wasted our time, wasting our time worrying about it, being in disobedience, settling for the things of God, not even talking to God. And you expect God to come on your timetable when you don't make time to meet at God's table. It don't work that way. We got to get to a place where we say, Holy Spirit, I trust you. Instead of me expecting good, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with expecting good. I expect good things daily because I engage with God's good things daily. So I expect good things because the good things that I'm enjoying is air, <laughs> that I'm breathing air, that I'm alive, that everyone in my family's healthy and well, that 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 checks are coming in, that, that, that the lights are on. So I'm engaging the goodness of God. So it's okay to expect good if I'm enjoying God's goodness now. Let's keep going. <clears throat> False expectations, hear me closely. False expectations come from false estimates that come from a false or no exegetical ability. Okay. False expectations come from false estimates that come from false or no exegetical ability. Exegetical ability is being able to rightly divide the word of truth, able to understand, interpret the word of God. Being able to live out the word of God, not just reading it, not just in digesting it or ingesting it or whatever, but able to live it. <clears throat> There's a lot of people who know the Bible, but don't show the Bible. 
There's a lot of people who know the Bible, but don't show the Bible. We're talking about, I want, I want to be so immersed in the word of God that I'm actually able to show the word of God. I just don't want to know the God, word of God up here. I want to be a living, walking epistle that when people read my life and then read the word, they will see that the word is in me and that it is active and that it is changing me. You see what I'm saying? The reason why many of us have unrealistic expectations and make false estimates is because we are not able to interpret or understand what the word of God says about manhood, about womanhood, about marriage. You see what I'm saying? About husbandhood, about wifehood, about parenting, about business, about giving, about career, about living, about uh, uh, all these different things. And if you don't have a solid exegetical ability and that exegesis is evident in your epistle life, then people, then you're not going to be ready for what you're expecting. That's why I stay in my word. Even though I read my Bible front to back four to five times in my life, it doesn't matter. I'm still in it because I want to go deep. I don't want to just be a shallow swimmer through the word of God. I want to scoop, scoop a dive, the Holy Spirit, I'm scoop a dive with the spirit of God deep in the word. You see what I'm saying? So I'm able to see because you can't find treasure on the surface level of the water. Treasure is too heavy to float. So in order to get the treasure, we got to get out of our boats and go deep to find the treasure. So if you just keep reading the Bible, reading the Bible, but you don't allow the Holy Spirit to take you deep in it, to digest it, to meditate on it, to make that word alive in you, then, then man, I'm telling you, you're not going to be ready for the pressures of those positions you desire to have. That's why we make false estimates. Oh, I didn't know marriage was going to be like this. Oh, I didn't know bearing children was going to be like this. Oh, I didn't know women were going to come everywhere when ministry, when I started my ministry, I didn't know men were going to be all around me when I'm this and that. I didn't, well, I didn't know. And most people, because they don't know, but they go anyway, they get messed up on the way. That's why you got to be able to say, God, I want to make accurate estimates. In order for me to make accurate estimates, I trust the word of God and I trust the spirit of God that will show me the godly things that God has for me. I don't want to make false estimates. I can't. I can't afford to make false estimates right now. I'm married now. I can't just make money moves and make money decisions and do all these different things. I got to be in God's will. That's why I'm on my knees. God, is this the right thing to do? I don't do anything significant without seeking him. Holy Spirit, is this what you want me to do? Holy Spirit, is this who you want me to be with? Holy Spirit, is this who you want me to partner with? Because I know I can't afford, I can't afford to be wrong. I can't afford to be wrong in certain things. You see what I'm saying? Because now I have a family now. And even if you're a single person, you still can't afford to be wrong because one wrong move can cost you a lot of money, can cost you a lot of your life, could cost you your life. That's why you got to walk specifically and in tune with the divine to ensure that, that you're flowing in his flow. I don't want to make false estimates, but in order for me not to make false estimates and then get intoxicated by my unrealistic false expectations, I got to make sure that I, my exegetical ability is sound and growing and thriving to where I'm understanding what life really means. That's right. God before all things. The Bible says, I got it right here. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understandings, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. 
Be not wise in your own eyes. This is powerful. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. This scripture is so powerful. Trust the Lord with all your heart. The goal for us as believers is to get to a place where God has all of our hearts. And and that's and for some of us, that might be a lifelong thing, but at least let it be over 60 percent. At least let it be 60 percent and growing, 70 percent and growing of my heart. And it's, and it's progressively growing. It's not just saying, oh, I got comfortable and it plateaued. OK, God, we good for me. No, it's at 70 percent. But we busting our butt to get to that 71. We busting our butt to get to that 72. We going, we moving because I want God to get all of me. Right. And it says, trust the Lord with all of your heart. The question is, what areas in your life do you not trust God? Whatever area I can prove it to you that you don't trust God is when is the areas or the things you're doing without him. Any and everything that you are doing without consulting him is an area that you do not trust him. And you have to ask yourself, why don't you trust God? It's some type of deception. It's some type of issue that's making you believe that God is not who he say he is, said he is. And that he's not well and able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ever asked or think. And when you got that mental blocker, you will say, God, I don't trust your will or your time. I'm going with you. Trust me from experiences. I've made more in God's will than outside of his will. I've met, I've, I've, I've had more joy. I have joy more now in his will than outside of his will. I've gained more in his will than outside of his will. Even when it seemed like I was behind everybody else going fast on their will. When I gave God the will, even though we were going the speed limit, I got to my destinations. But as I was getting to my destination, you know who I saw in ditches. You know who I saw in crashes. You know who I saw in accidents? Everybody who sped ahead. That's why I don't endeavor to be first. The Bible says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Why? The first shall be last because the first got there first. It wasn't able to be developed enough to handle when they got there. And then now they got to be last because they jumped at it too quick. The last shall be first because the person who's at the back of the line is able to see everything and learn from everybody's mistakes. That's why I tell people it's better to learn from the classroom of experience than a classroom of observation. I don't have to experience drugs to know that drugs ain't no good. When I was single, I didn't have to experience sex to realize that sex outside of marriage was bad. You don't have to experience it. Just look at people's lives. You learn more from observing people's lives than experience. Experience is a great teacher, but I want to learn from experience that is governed and incubated by the grace of God, where God is putting me through modules and testings for my betterment. I don't want to go through testing and God have to make a test out of it because I wanted to do my own thing. And now God made a, not a test out of it, but now God is now, now I don't want God's refurbishing processes all the time. I want to operate from my renewed self. So basically, the word of God is asking, do you trust God with all your heart? If not, you're going to lean to your understanding. You don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. Those who live as if they know nothing, know more than people who think they know it all. Trust me, I'm learning from everybody. I'm always learning. <clears throat> I'm observing everything and everybody and I'm observing, I'm learning because I want to grow because I know nothing. God, I know nothing. I'm a blank canvas every day to God. I don't come to God and be like, God, look what's in my life. Hey, look what I wrote. No, no, no. With God, I'm an empty sheet of paper. I'm a clean sheet of paper every day. God, write on me. Well, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to learn right on my heart, right on the tablets of my heart, something new. 
Download a new file in me. Upload, not download, because the Holy Spirit's in us. We don't have to worry about the Holy God downloading anything. He's uploading things because he's on the inside of us. Next point, because I'm going along and I have a lot of points to, to cover. Hope follows expectations. Hope follows expectations. One of the worst things you can do is get your hopes up on a false premise or expectation. Thank you. I'm glad you're loving the books. I really appreciate it. Hope follows expectations. One of the worst things you can do is get your hopes up on a false premise or expectation. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Now, what does that mean? Anytime you put your hope on something and your on the expectation is unrealistic, then when you are trusting God for that thing, but not prepared for that thing, right? Then you get mad when that thing is not present in your life. Now you become sick in the process because your hope was in something that moves. I don't want my hope in something that moves. My hope is in the one that's not moved, but God is moving us. You see what I'm saying? Let me break that down. That's powerful. So my hope is in God who is in me. My hope is in him. So as my hope is in him, I'm now moved towards what I desire to have because my delight is in him. But if I don't put my hope in him and someone who is anchored, because it's important for us to have our hope. My wife's saying amen, so you know I'm preaching good. So when your hope is in him and it's not moving, but he's moving you, then no matter what you're moving through, you're not moved by that, but you move by God. See, life, I want to live not being moved externally, but being moved internally. But if my hope is in something that moves, then when I get close to it, it moves further away. I get, I rush, I run towards it. I get to it and it moves five miles ahead. Now running that five miles to get to it again. And then it moves again. About time it moves the second or third time, you're sick. That's why I'm not going to allow myself to get sick I'm going to trust in the one that took my sickness, that took all my cares, and trust him. And as my hope is in him, as we're moving together, I'm moving towards the thing he has already built for me. I got vineyards that I don't got to worry about vining. I got houses that I don't, got, I don't have to worry. I don't. Uh, I got houses that were built for me right now. Somebody is staying in a home that's, that will blow my wife and I's imagination, and they're going to give it to me. There's acres of land with the Ezzy's name on it. There's people who's holding my land, our land, our homes, our our everything right now. And all I'm doing is trusting God who is moving me there, who's moving us there because my hope is in him. So I, you don't have to worry about when you're going to get married. Do you not know how beautiful our wedding was and we barely paid a dime for it? That we bear, that the, the look of our wedding and the look of everything that we had costs more than what was than what we spent for it. But do you know how wealthy our marriage is right now? I'm telling you, my wife was looking for a venue, couldn't find a venue, and then the right venue came out of nowhere. Listen, that's why we don't sweat, we don't worry. We're not moved by nothing. Corona done came into the Carolinas. Corona done came into the United States of America. We ain't moved. We making a lot of money right now. God is still blessing. People are still giving. Books are still selling. Everything's still good because I'm not planted here. So it doesn't matter what happens around you. Do not get your hope in that 
Because if you put your hope in a man and you haven't even taken the time to seek God, if that's the man for you, and you get your emotions evolved without asking God if this is what you're supposed to be doing or vice versa, then your hope is in that person. And then since you don't already got deep in a relationship, it's too late to talk to God about it because this is what you think is God is doing, but God ain't really doing it. And then about time you realize this ain't what you thought it was. You already got a baby by the man. You already married. Now your marriage is dysfunctional. And now you're thinking about, did God even confirm this? I'd rather be hurt and disappointed and break away from a thing. But listen, let me tell you something. If it ain't for me, I'm happy. I'm just as happy as if I, as if it was for me. Because if it's not for me, I'm still happy. Because that's somebody else's. If it ain't for me, cool. Because mine's coming. Yours is coming. You got to trust them. And put your hope in him so you not move. Because a lot of people who hope was in their job and lost their job, they're in, they taking pills right now, drinking alcohol right now. People whose hope was in a relationship and find out that he's quarantining and chilling with Susie and ain't quarantining and chilling with you, now you're depressed. Now you don't realize she done got flued out to Sandro Pay. You thought she was with you. And now she's with her, some other man, some sugar daddy down to Sandro Pay. Now you're depressed. But when your hope is in God, it doesn't matter what moves around you. You won't be moved. Let's keep going. Hope follows expectation. One of the worst things you can do is get your hopes up. Get excited. We've all been there. We got super excited about it. And then got super disappointed. One of the worst things you can do is get your hopes up on a false premise of expectation. How many people right now are ugly proud about it? I know this is going to happen for me and everybody who's smart, spiritually mature looking at them. That's why I don't get discouraged by people who get married soon. And don't get discouraged when you can really see when you can really see that what where they that they're blind. Most people who are excited now, they celebrate. Everybody celebrates the beginning of a thing. But why nobody have no middle of the year anniversaries celebrations? Why nobody Why nobody have no middle of the, the middle celebrations? Because the middle is different, difficult. But that's why we got to get to a place where we say, God, am I really developed for the difficulties, for my desired destinations? Am I ready for that? Am I really ready? Man, are you really ready to sacrifice for your wife like Christ sacrificed for the church? Ladies, are you really ready to submit to that man of God is willing to enable and will hold you accountable? Are you really ready, ready to, 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 to let every woman go and let every man go, to let your fears go? Are you really ready? Because when you get to the big leagues, everything is faster, stronger, quicker up there. When you go to a new level, there's new devils up there, man. I'm trying to tell you. Let's keep going. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's what the word of God says. Hope deferred. If it keeps being deferred and distant, your heart is sick. But if your heart is in the one that's with you, you will be well. When false expectations are not met in a timely manner, a person will well up with internal pain and cast external blame. Even in the midst of their unrealistic expectation, it happens all the time. I've been coaching people. I've seen it in my own life. It's real. When false expectations are not met in a timely manner, you're not able to understand or comprehend time like you think you do. I gave up trying to calculate time. 
I just trust God's timing. But in the meantime, I maximize my time. But I trust God with my his timing for those different things, right? But when false expectations are not met in a timely manner, I should be married by now. I should have I should have at least met my man by now. I should have at least met my girl by now. My ministry should have took taken off by now. My career should have taken off by now. And so what happens is when it doesn't happen in a timely manner, people well up inside of them, right? They well up inside of them, internal pain, depression, sadness, envy, jealousy, and cast external blame, even in the midst of their unrest expectation. Now, what does that mean? Their internal pain will make them do one of the things. God, I blame you. God, you're, man, I've been doing this. I've been giving. I've been going to church. I've been doing this. And you still ain't brought it back to me by this time. You ain't done it for me yet. Or, oh, I know it's my mama's fault that I'm not where I'm supposed to be. We blame everybody but ourselves. Did you not notice from the beginning of the word of God, the casting of blame and what happened to those people? If you want to be outside of your garden, cast blame. What happened? God said, Adam, where are you at, player? Because you playing games out here in this garden. I know what you're doing, but I want to. I'm giving you an opportunity. Adam, where are you? Adam was up there hiding. What most people are doing, God is asking where you are, but you're hiding. But let's keep going. Adam, where are you? And then God began to talk to Adam. What did you do? What happened? He said, Adam, ooh, ooh. What Adam said was, was just bad, bad. Adam said, the woman you gave me made me eat from this fruit. You think he you thought he blamed the woman? No, he just didn't blame the woman, he blamed God. He said, The woman that's the first blame you gave me made me eat from this tree. And then when God went to the woman, the woman said, The serpent beguiled me or tempted me or whatever. What happened when they started playing the blame game? They, they was out of they was out of bounds. They found themselves out of bounds, out of the bounds of their purpose. That's what I'm telling you. You got to take, you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm the reason possibly why this is not here. You can really process and realize and figure out why you don't have what you have. If you're really prepared, you don't even really care because there's still work to do. See, God didn't give Adam Eve until the last Adam animal was named. You don't know when your last part of your assignment is. So you keep working. You keep working until you arrest it. Adam kept working until his work put him to rest, and he was resting in God. And when you find yourself resting in God, you trust the leadership of God, but your purpose is thriving. You and God is thriving. You're successful. You're understanding the will of God. You're understanding everything, right? And then that's when the person comes. When you are at rest and when you have finished the last part of the assignment of this phase of your single life. That's why it's important to say, God... What else you want me to do? Well, let me, I do this all the time. I wrote these books. Well, uh, yeah, I wrote all these books before I got married. Look at that. So, oh, at 20, I got his book done. Wife still not here. Uh, God was like, write the next one. I said, all right, God, on to the next. I wrote this one. Looked up, wife still wasn't there. I was like, okay, bet God, what's next? God was like, write this one. I said, all right, God, I write this one. I met my wife at this point. I wrote that one. Then I was like, well, we dating, we courting, but we ain't married yet. God said, write the next one. So I said, okay, let me write that one. And then this one. 
and then the card games. And then we got married. And this is the book that I wrote in our marriage. So just because I got married, I went right to the next assignment. So what I'm saying is, is that you got to be so content in God and be creative in that contentment. And then next thing you know, you got something off of the marriage. Now I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, 10, 11, 12, 13 revenue streams. And that, that's not even including my job. So 13 revenue streams, 14 revenue streams, blessing is marriage. But how many of y'all got nothing to offer your marriage? You don't got nothing residual, no revenue streams. All you got is your job. Come on, man. Your job can't be your own way of making money. If you can make cookies, make cookies. Make cookies on the side and sell them cookies. And be like, babe, I may be a man, but I can bake, girl. And we're going we gonna to turn this. We're going to make cookies. See what I'm saying? It's important for you to say, God, what's all in me? What all do I need to do so I can offer my boo something good? You see what I'm saying? I done lost my notes. Here they go. Let's keep going for time. Say, oh, man, 48 minutes. When false expectations are not met in a timely manner, a person will well up with internal pain and cast external blame even to miss the other's expectation. Even to miss, people do it. Let's keep going. The word of God and his precious spirit are the great equalizers of expectation and relationship. It's important. We'll get to that a little bit down further. But what I mean by that real quickly was I'm going to break it down to the next point. Um, the word of God and the spirit of God is the great equalizer to two expectations. So I can't just rely off of my experiences and then cast these expectations on my wife. Nor should my wife use her experience in the past cast expectations to me because grace has to be given. Why does grace have to be given? Because, for instance, in my marriage, um, I grew up in a very small family. It was just me and my mom. My wife grew up in a very huge family. When I met her family, I was like, yo, this is huge, man. And everybody loving each other, you know, it just it's just huge. So my holidays was barely any gifts. Growing up, I, Christmas wasn't like that for me. Christmas was just another day for your boy, especially because my birthday was like six days from Christmas. So my, I got oranges, socks, sweaters. And one time my Christmas was so bad, man, I, we had to take everything back to pay bills. You know what I'm saying? So I grew up where Christmas was just another day to your boy. Christmas was just not being in school. And so <clears throat> when I came into the marriage, when Christmas came, I didn't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? We had trees and we had we had ornaments. We had everything. But but what my wife learned was, oh, man, we both had from my experience, her experience had to come to a common agreement, common understanding. So grace can grow so that we both can say, you know what? I can't expect you to be one way or expect you to be another way. Let's trust God to help us engage in unfamiliar territories as we bring shared experiences together and create new experiences. And even when we birth kids in these experiences, we teach them to understand, to expect not from these experiences, but make sure that every expectation still comes from the word of God. And so even in marriage, you have to say, oh, that's why, like for me, me and my mom didn't really eat at the table like that. But but my wife wants to eat at the table. So what I had to do was, I can't get mad and be like, and there was points where I didn't know it bothered my wife. 
I would just eat my food. I'll pray, eat my food. And, and uh, she and her plate ain't even fixed yet. That's just how good it be. You know what I'm saying? Well, well, I'll, be, I'll be like, let me get to this food. And so I realized she's used to nobody eating until every pl everybody's plate is set. That took some time. It didn't take much time, but it took some like, oh, snap. Even in the little things, right? I was like, man, I, let me wait. And now she be, I'll be sitting there waiting on her. I'll be hungry. <laughs> I'll be ready to eat, but I have to wait because it means that much to her. So in relationship, you have to understand that the word of God and the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit who governs our relationship will give grace through each one of us and help us both grow because we came from two opposite worlds, man. I mean, two opposite worlds. And so when opposites attract, you need the one to keep it abstract. <laughs> I don't even know that makes sense, but it rhymes. Let's keep going. Signs you have unrealistic expectations. Here are 12 signs. My wife's talking to me. He's such a good help. Hey, listen, listen. The fruit's right there. I ain't making my wife, my wife in another room over there. I ain't my wife put that. It takes work. We got we to be good husbands. Signs you have unrealistic expectations. 12 signs you have unrealistic expectations. 12 signs you have unrealistic expectations. Number one, you expect without self-examination. A sign that you have unrealistic expectation is when you're expecting things, but you rarely self-examine yourself. Before I expect anything in life, I self-examine myself. I look at my heart. I look at my life and I inspect it. Inspect the gadget. I expect me because I'm the gadget that God wants to use to help others. So I inspect it. For the, in order for this gadget to be to work, in order for this gadget to be able to be used in the hand of God, I got to inspect the gadget. So if I inspect the gadget, which is my vessel, my whole vessel, my mind, body, and spirit, if I inspect it often, then my expectations will be realistic. Because now I look at my heart and be like, you know what? Yeah, I'm not ready. I can see why God delayed it. Oh, okay. Well, let me just distract myself by doing what I'm supposed to do. So you can tell that you are making or currently have other expectations when you expect things. I expect to be married by this time. I expect my man to be this way. I expect my woman to be, my woman to be this way. I expect my ministry to pan out this way. I expect, 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 but you don't self-examine or self-inspect, then you're not going to be uh, 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 the right gadget. You won't be uh, 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 furbished and ready and durable for the work. Signs you have under expectation number two, you have double standards. You expect from others what you don't expect from yourself. Signs you have under expectation when you have double standards. You expect it from your man. I expect my man to know his word. I expect my woman to know her word. I expect my son their word, but you don't read your word at all. <clears throat> you have double standards. Well, well, you do it all and I'll do some of it. That's wrong. Your expectations are realistic when you're not willing to say, okay, what do I really want? And do I match what I want? Before you latch, ask if you match. Like, but like people are trying to latch on to different things and they realize over time we don't match. Listen, some of us got to like the match and burn up some of these things so that we can be ready and purified to actually match what it is that we want. It's crazy how many nickels ask for dimes. I said in the last video, 
Nickels asking for dimes. Fives asking for tens. Let me put you on game. A real man of God, a real woman of God, a man who's good with his money, a woman who's good with his, her money, a man or woman who is solid, ain't looking at you, ain't looking for you, ain't even thinking about you. And the reason why these high caliber men and women are not around you is because you are not that caliber of a person for some people. You see what I'm saying? So what I did was let me level up. When I level up, I attract what's on that level, period. There's no shortcut in this. I'm telling you, he, you think he's a man of God, but he wants to be a man in your pants. So that's all he cares about. But a real man of God can smell when you ain't really about that word of God. A woman of God can smell when you ain't really about God like that. So they ain't going to waste their time with you. They're just not going to waste their time with you. A person who's in shape, that's why they marry people in the gym. Because they, they don't got time to marry you and then you cooking stuff that's not part of their meal prep. You over there eating. Come on now. It is what it is. If you want to attract that, you got to subtract certain things. You see what I'm saying? If you want what's at that level, you got to attract that level. Me and my wife are on the same level spiritually. There may be things that I may be seasoned at and she may be more seasoned at, but we're in the same cupboard. You see what I'm saying? We came in the same packet. So what we're saying is we, overall, we are on the same level because I'm so glad that we are. There's areas where we're both growing to be at the level because we're not perfectly equal at everything because we're all growing. We all from she's better at certain things than I am. I'm better at certain things than she is. And that's what balances us out. But at the same time, we're not so far off the spectrum that this thing is tilted. You see what I'm saying? Signs you have understood expectations that probably won't receive what you're expecting. Like I said, number two, number one, you expect without self-examination. You have double standards. You expect from others what you don't expect from yourself. Number three, your expectations derive from a place of pride and not humility. If you're expecting things right now and you haughty and you prideful, and you like, I deserve this, God. You owe me this. You got your hands out. You don't give him, don't give God these hands. You see, don't be, don't be like, God, I, see, uh-uh, God, I've been giving. I've been doing this. I've been doing that. Where is it at? That's pride. Humility says, God, I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to stay faithful. I don't care if I never get married. I'm going to stay faithful. I got a question for you. Would you, would you still love God if God never gave you a husband? Would you still love God at a at a, in in deep in intensity if He never gave you a wife? If God never gave you a dollar, another dollar. If God never gave you another 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 opportunity for anything, would you still love Him? If not, you're not ready. You got to be okay. You got to be okay with the idea that God might just not do it. God might just not give me that, and I got to be okay with it. If you're not okay with that, then you and God might not be really on the same page. That's real. And chances are, when you get to that place where you say, God, I love you more than anything, you got to be heaven ready at all times. What I mean by heaven ready, that it doesn't matter what happens or what comes against you, you ready, you don't mind going to heaven. There's nothing on this earth that that's holding me down here outside of my purpose. That's it. And my wife is within that purpose. My future children are within that purpose. But 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 nothing else. No house. No car. No money. No opportunity. I don't want to meet nobody else. I don't. I don't got no list of people that before I go, God, I want to meet this person. I don't want to meet nobody. I met the greatest. 
I don't need to meet nobody. I don't met the greatest. So that's why I don't act, I don't act all funny and try to be cute and cuddly and, and whatever when I'm in rooms. I don't care. Do you know? I, I met God. I don't need you. That's why people be looking at me like, man, this guy really ain't moved by who's in these rooms. I've been in rooms with people. I went to school with some big time people. I, I know big time. I don't know big time people, but I've been in rooms with big time people and I can care less about them because I'm big time too. Because I'm the one, I'm with the big one above time. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's nothing on this earth that's holding me here. And you got to be okay with that. What if God never, it's not in your cars to be married. Are you okay with that? Even though it might still be, but are you okay if you never get that day? Are you okay? Would you be okay if God, if your ministry was just meant to serve 25 people? That was the reality I had to face. I had, look, I had, I had really had to swallow my pride and say, you know what, God, I'm okay. There was a time in my ministry where I was like, man, my level of preaching was determined by how many people was in the room. I would only preach at the level of the people in my room. And when I when the room was small, all right, let me get done with this in 20 minutes. But if it was packed in there, it, I was going in. I, and the Bibles, I wasn't preaching like that. But what I was saying was I, I would give more unction until I realized my heart is jacked up. When I looked at my own heart, I said, Josh, you are pathetic. Josh, you are you don't deserve. To, to speak the gospel that you say you are happy and, and lo in love with. You're not even worthy of Until I say, you know what, God? I don't care who's in the room. Right now, I don't do that unplugged stuff every day, every week in Charlotte. I can care less. When I started putting, when I started just opening the Bible and I just started doing the word, my wife will test the numbers start shrinking. The numbers start shrinking when I started doing workshops. The numbers start shrinking when I got married. The numbers start shrinking once. So this is what happened. When you start opening the word of God, people and the lights and the, and the smoke is gone and the refreshments now is not, now it's not but, but bananas and biscuits now it used to be all these nice canned sodas and stuff. It was nice. People stopped coming. Then girls start coming because they think they get a shot at you. Now, when I got engaged, all the girls started leaving. Then once the girls left, the guys that I thought was with me, they left too. So you got to count the cost. To follow the boss, <laughs> you got to count the cost. Not, not, don't count the cost to be the boss. You got to count the cost to follow the boss. Because he says, if any man desires to follow me, he has to first deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. What if I would have been hurt because, oh, man, now that I'm engaged, all the girls are leaving. And then when the guys start leaving, oh, shoot, and I start blaming my wife. No, I got my good thing. And the rest of them kick rocks. You see what I'm saying? I got my good thing. So, so I don't mind losing what the world seems or says is winning. To win. You see what I'm saying? And you got to be okay with that. It's the nature of the business. Signs you have other expectations. You expect without self-examination. You have double standards. Your expectations are derived from pride and not humility. Number four, you have no wiggle room or room for genuine or expected error. You have no wiggle room. You have high expect unrealistic expectations when you look at a person and you have no grace. You have no grace for them. No, this is how it's supposed to be. And that person did a genuine, natural error. They, they really, like, they're human. So when you've got these experiences, I expect life to be like this. I expect that every day at six o'clock we eat. I expect every day we eat at the table, no excuses. I expect that, that, that our marriage is going to be perfect every day. And then when that person makes a mistake, oh, I can't believe you messed up my dream for this. What happened to our dream? A marriage was not designed to serve one person. Yes, it was designed to serve one person. That's God. 
but everybody else wasn't meant to be the sole reason for the service of the thing. So you can't be like, oh, but I thought it was going to be like this. Do you know how many monkey wrenches are going to be thrown in your marriage? Do you know how many monkey wrenches are going to be thrown in your ministry, in your career? you know how many monkey wrenches? you know how many things are going to catch you off guard, throw you off guard? Oh, man, do you know the day after our wedding, we got hit with an unexpected bill? Boom. The next, the next day, we got, bam, right there. What you going to do? What you going to do? So what if you can't handle it on day two, you see what I'm saying? You got to get to a place where you say, you know what? I got to create wiggle room because if I don't create wiggle room, then I'll be falsely expecting things to be perfect when nothing is perfect. If you live in an imperfect world, uh, uh, imperfect people sharing one perfect thing. There's going to be issues, but you got to go in it with, I'm a gift grace. Uh, yeah, I got these shirts on my website. All my shirts are on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Just go to the <clears throat> menu tab and hit apparel, and all our shirts are there. I'm worth the wait. Infatuation is blind, not love. Love is blind. Uh, we got unplugged shirts. We got all kinds of shirts. A lot of people don't know about that. I keep, I, I don't be talking about my shirts that much. But, yep, you can get these shirts right here on my website, even on YouTube as well. But what I'm saying is, man, you got to have grace to run this race. You see what I'm saying? And you got to be braced for it. You got to be like, you, are you ready for this? Because if you if you don't know God's grace on this end, you ain't gonna know how to give grace on the other end, and that's just real. And and but most people don't give no wiggle room. These are my expectations. This how it's supposed to be. There, and then all of a sudden now you get all anxious and you become annoying. That's what happens. What happens is when your expectations not following perfect, you get anxious, and when you anxious, negative emotions start creeping out. You become short short winded. Not short winded. You're short winded. You're short winded. Short tempered, your words are short, you become out of character because you expected this thing to come out so perfect. And then when someone comes in and their imperfectness and make it slightly imperfect, now it's World War Three. Signs you have other expectations, your expectations are either below or beyond what the Bible expects. I don't expect from my wife nothing beyond what the word of God says. That's it. What the word of God says and what boils down to basic like life, that's all I expect. I don't expect, I don't expect my wife. I didn't come into my marriage expecting my wife to cook uh, uh like a five-star chef, you know, she cooks amazingly. Because if I expect that, then one bad meal, oh I can't believe you. And I was like, yo, what most of us, if not all of us, only have seven to ten go-to meals. I only got about two or three in my repertoire. So who am I to be looking at her when she got 10 to 13 meals in her repertoire? Me talking about, I can't believe this meal. That's why I be asking my, telling my wife all the time, hey, do you need a day off? You know what I'm saying? Do you need a day off? Like, you, I don't want her to ever feel, I have to make a meal every day. I don't even want her to feel those feelings. She can take a day off anytime she wants. I, I can go, I can, I can make my own, I can make my go-tos. You see what I'm saying? So we got to make sure that we enter into these relationships with no heavy demanding expectations that burns our spouse out, that burns people out and burn them off of our life. You only expect what the Bible expects and then y'all kind of grow from there. You see what I'm saying? But I don't go below it. So I find out whatever, everything the word of God says about uh, a husbandhood, manhood, etc., and wifehood and marriagehood so that I can make sure that I'm able to uh, 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 keep my heart at ease 
because I see the word of God in, in effect in acting in, in our lives. Number six, signs you have understood expectations. Number six, your expectations are made without God's timing in mind or the proper development of a thing in mind. That's very important. Your expectations are made without God's timing in mind. That's what I said earlier. You expect to be married at a certain time, right? You expect to meet this man or woman at a certain time, but you didn't consider God's timing. I'm always considered God's timing. So I don't worry about God's timing. I worry about my time. God will take care of his time. His time is already taken care of. I don't worry about God's timing. God's timing is perfect. I'm working on the time I have instead of worrying about the time I'm hoping for. But a lot of people have understood expectations when they don't keep God in mind. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because if you look at your life, you look around you, you'll be able to say, oh, okay, I'm going to give myself about two or three more years to work on this. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to expect, don't even think about the day, the hour, the minute, the second that you expect something to happen. Just be grateful for what you have in this moment. Or the proper development of a thing in mind. It's like a woman looking at her stomach at month three, talking about, come out now. Baby, I need you to come out right now. Baby, stop kicking and come out. The baby looking at you like, bro, I barely got lungs right now. My kneecaps are coming in right now. Do you want me on some nubs? I just, my kneecaps are just now forming. And you want me to come out now and I don't got no spleen? Come on, man. You want me to come out? I got no bladder. And that's what happens. You expecting a baby to be born with no kneecaps, with no lungs, with no spleen. You Do you not know that every month to every week, that, that month or week is needed for something to be, to be formed? But if you're looking at it like, I, I, but I thought, and you expecting your wife to have it down pack in five months, what takes on average five years to master? You expecting your man to have in his mastery something that takes some time to gather? We're talking about other stuff. We're not talking about ready for marriage. Or if you look at yourself like, yeah, I've investigated marriage. I've, I've, I've understood it from the word of God. And yeah, I don't think I'm ready for that. You're able to look at yourself and be like, yeah, I thought I was ready, but I'm not ready. Don't look at your stomach and because you see a bump, think you're ready to birth. You see what I'm saying? You got to let everything continue to form at its proper time. But understand expectation is I don't care if it ain't God's timing. I don't care if it's not the proper time. I'm going to make it happen today. And those people are miserable today. Sound you have understood expectations? Number seven, you expect something or someone that's perfect. She got to be, she can't have no stretch marks anywhere. She can't have nothing. He got to be six foot two and three quarters of an inch. Anything below or above that, I ain't taking. She got to, she got to look like this picture right here. You got the picture screenshot. She's got to look like this picture Every minute on the minute. She has to look like this every hour on the hour. Oh, my husband, my husband is supposed to never be afraid of nothing. My husband's supposed to be just strong all the time. The reason there's going to be a lot of people who's going to be single until they meet Christ because that's who they want to marry. Someone perfect. Most people, a lot of people are going to be single 
until they're raptured up in heaven because the only time they're going to be married is when they have to marriage supper the lamb because that's the only person you've been waiting on was someone perfect. You got to get out of your head that you're going to meet someone perfect. There's not going it's not going to be perfect. And you got to be prepared for imperfections and allow the perfect work of God to perfect it all. Let's keep going. Signs you have under expectations. Number eight, your expectations come with a magnifying glass. You plan to micromanage what you are expecting, adding unnecessary pressure. It's got to be perfect. And then when it comes in, I'm going to be expecting it. I'm going to I'm going to be checking everything. Oh, 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 in the moment he in the moment he or she does something, you you get all antsy because everything is thrown off. Nah, you just got to be able to say, you know what? God is the manager and he's going to mold us and mesh us. It's that simple. But if you just a micromanager and you all over him, what you doing? And that man been faithful to you. That man, that man ain't even give you no clues that he's a cheater, but you on top of him because you're like, no, we got to have the perfect marriage. Or when you out at your business venture, your wife has to, oh no, that's the wrong dress. No, you got to know. Why won't you cut your hair? <clears throat> Why? No, you're not cutting your hair. No, no. You got to keep your, come on, man. Now she's got to look like the trophy. Do you know what trophy wives are? They look like a trophy. They, they're frozen. That's what a man guys have view as far as trophy wife. At frozen. That same image. You got to be like this all the time. That's the type of a woman. That can't, a woman can't be frozen in time. A woman cannot be molded into one image. She can barely move and do anything she want with her life because you got her as a trophy. Trophies don't move. So now your wife's scared to move because of your unrealistic expectation of her. And now she's miserable while you making money. Signs your expectations. Number nine, your expectations come or came from society and not from scripture. Society taught you this, how man's supposed to be. Society taught you this, how woman's supposed to be. Society taught you this, and now your church taught you. Ain't it crazy? A lot of people went to these cookie cutter churches and now they're depressed and during coronavirus. It's crazy how many people who, who's been up under these big ministries, these big Whatever these 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 false teaching ministries, right? <clears throat> Corona come and they don't know what to do. Come on now, and now y'all y'all ain't met at the church in a while. Now you only know. Oh, this my. Oh, how do I read this thing? Come on, man. Back to my point. Your expectation must come from scripture, not from society. I don't care what I say. You take what I say and put it right beside the word of God and call me out. One thing about me, I don't. If you call me out respectfully, now if you come talking crazy, now come on now, I, God is still working on me. One thing that God is working on, if you come to me incorrect, I come back incorrect. That, but, but my wife has helped me. There's been comments that people be posting, and I'll be like, my wife be like, just to give yourself some time. See what I'm saying? Give yourself some time if we clap back because people be trying to be trying to be trying to be a little extra. But what was my point about that? Even if I say something crazy, compare it to scripture. Don't take everything I say because you think I'm credible. What if I could fall off the deep end tomorrow and start talking crazy doctrine? You can't put your trust wholly in me. You got to make sure you always take these little points and these, these little videos and put it beside that big Bible of yours and say, is what Coach Josh saying lining up with the word of God? If not, I'm going to pray for him 
Maybe it was an error. Maybe he made a mistake. Cool. But if it's drastically like off, off, cut my videos off. You, you got my permission. Signs you have understood expectation number 10. You're expecting what you desire to complete you. You're expecting what you desire to complete you. I don't need my wife to complete me. I'm already completed. And if there's areas that are still in completion, that's not her job. Just like she's not looking for me to be to complete her. People have understood expectations because they're like, you know what? If I get him, if I get her, then I'll feel whole. No, no, no. You're whole because of God. Most people's wholeness is a direct reflection of what or who they desire to hold or what's holding them currently. Since God holds me, I'm whole. Right? But if if I if I if I if my desire is I need my wife to complete me, now my wife goes from being a wife to now becoming a mother. Now I if she needs me to complete her, now I go from uh, from husband to father. Nobody wants to father you. Nobody wants to mother you. Be a man, be a woman. It's time to grow up. And you got to get you got to address those issues, man. Stop. Some of us are still boys and still girls asking for whole men and whole women to marry. That's why many people are single. They still little babies. You baby, you babes in Christ. When are you going to when are we going to get to a place where we no longer want milk no more? We want the meat. We want to grow. You see what I'm saying? And that's what we got to get to. A place where we say, God, I want your whole milk. I, I want I want to be whole on the inside. I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to get a relationship. And now yo, 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 your wife, every time she walk around picking up after you and, and, and it's okay. And, 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 and she got to breastfeed you and, and your husband got to sit you down and, and teach you how to, how to be a woman. And now he has to, now he got, now he got, he married a daughter. He married, he thought he married a wife, but he married a daughter. He thought she thought she was marrying a husband, married a married a son. Anybody got time to father and mother, y'all? That's why I make sure my wife don't have to father or mother me. Uh-uh. I'm, I'm too grown to be doing boy stuff. You see what I'm saying? We gotta get to a place where we say, you know what? I'm still a boy. I'm still a girl. So about that marriage stuff, I'm gonna chill. You see what I'm saying? Because I need to become a man and a woman first. We go from boys to men to husbands to fathers, to legacy leavers. You go from girl to woman, to wife, to mother, to legacy leaver. That's the flow of life. And everything is released based upon the level you are on. Signs you have understood expectations. Number 11, whew, you expect your significant other to be just like you, even if you don't think you do. Nobody's just like you, and nobody should feel the pressures to be like you, to think like you. I can't expect my wife to think like me. I gotta embrace the way she thinks, and vice versa. Question: If you are twenty-four, can you put? Can God put you with the man that is thirty-four? God can do whatever. Just make sure it's God. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Just make sure it's God. Um, but there's a lot that comes with that, and that thirty-four-year-old better really answer. Their thirty. Let me let me break that down. Maybe God want me to really answer that. That 34-year-old better know what he's getting into by marrying a 24-year-old and it's going to knock to you. And you got to get in. You got to know what you're getting into marrying that 34-year-old because you're talking about a decade in between y'all. He was 10 when you was coming out the womb. He was 10. So what you have to understand is that you as a 24-year-old, 
you ain't you ain't really seen couple you ain't seen a couple of your dreams die yet. You, you probably haven't even gotten to a place to really know who you are. So at 24, you're going to get married to someone that's 34 who's I guess established and is probably ready for kids. What if your dream's not ready? So what you got to do, you got to have ask you ask yourself some real hard questions. Say, you know what? Am I really mad? Because a 34-year-old expect is expecting differently than you at 24 years old. And do not allow, because I see you, you are a woman. You are a lady, right? Make sure. You got to make sure that you understand that men at 34 is expecting something different. A 34-year-old probably ain't going to have much time for you to find your dreams. He's, he's, trying to, he's, trying to, he's trying to take this to the next level. And you got to make sure that man is not manipulating you and to make you think that he can supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And make you believe that he'll take care of your dream. And all he wants you to do is be that pretty young thing and that, that he done married to and become a trophy. going to be like this. You ain't up a trophy. Be very careful. Signs you have earnest expectations, number 12, you harbor uncommunicated expectations and get furious or down when they are not met. You know you got earnest expectations, this is talking about for people in relationships. Um, you can't hold stuff in. You can't hold expectations in and then get mad when those expectations are You're so welcome. And you didn't get mad when those expectations are not met. That's, that's what happens. Like if I hold it in, that's why I always communicate to my wife when I don't when 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 there's anything, and I want her to do the same. You have to do that because if I hold it in, I'm only setting myself up to be hurt if I'm expecting her to do something, but don't let her know. You gotta communicate, and if you harbor expectations, because nobody can read in between your lines. Nobody, no money. So you can't have all this stuff up here. And then expect people to read. Do you know you got this big forehead blocking your? How can I expect my wife to read my 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 mind when I got this extended cab on my face? You see what I'm saying? How do you know you got a big forehead, girl? And you expecting that man to read in between those lines? Only thing he's reading these wrinkles. And he's why you got those wrinkles on your face? Because you're mad. And he's like, well, what did I miss? Well, you didn't do this, but did you communicate it? We got to learn how to communicate. Even in amidst the potential confrontation, not confrontations, but conflict, the spicy chicken sandwich that I said in my uh, in on the Good Guys podcast, spicy chicken sandwich, celebrate, critique, celebrate. You don't just give the meat and give them spicy stuff. Only God is able to handle the hot, the heat of your heart. So what you go to God, you go to God and say, God, I'm mad at Tyrone. Tyrone tripping. God, Barbara, she's tripping. God. Then when God takes that off your heart, God will show you, did you consider Barbara doing this? Did you consider Tyrone doing this? Oh, but still communicated, but think, you know, all of a sudden the sandwich is not super hot, habanero hot. It's got a little, it's a little hint to it, it's a little hint, but it's not super hot. So then when you bring it to him, you, this is how you bring it to him. Barbara, babe, you're really doing a good job. I really appreciate the way you do this and how you care for me in this way. I just really, I'm thankful that I have you as a wife. Um, but there's a, a concern I have. Have you thought about, uh, or or this this how this makes me feel? But I understand that you possibly, you just, I'm just letting you know, it's what bothers me, but I can understand how you can get to this place. You're doing an amazing job, though. I don't want you to ever feel you're doing an amazing job. But this is just what I see that's noticing that's kind of hurting me a little bit. Versus why you do that? That's different. Now, 
got spicy habanero sauce chicken on the man's face, on the girl's face. And she's like, man, it's too hot. Give it to God. Turn from habanero to just a hint. And then put it in between some good toast, good, good, nice succulent bread that soaks up some of that spice. And so that when they bite into the sandwich, they'll be able to still say, okay, this is good. And I don't mind doing this for you. How to develop. We finally got here. I probably won't do no Q&A. I maybe do maybe two or three questions. I did a Q&A earlier today. So um, I may not do one. Well, I might do one or two questions. But how to develop and sustain biblical expectations? Question. I am ready to marry. I've met a nice guy, but he's got a fiance. Hmm. I am ready to marry. I've met a nice guy. He ain't nice if he got a wife, a fiance. He's always complaining to me. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. See, he he wants sides. See, see, he wants sides. He he wants, he wants, he wants, he wants his meatloaf with some mashed potatoes and some peas. He wants his uh uh chicken fries, he wants his country fried steak with some with some with some sweet carrots and 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 some um some rice. Leave that man alone. He's complaining to you because he wants to bring you into their union. He's gonna marry her. Trust me, he don't like he don't like you more than her. Because if he did, he would leave her for you. The fact that she is still fiance proves to you that he wants her and not you. He just wants you a part of the dish. My wife said, "Tell him bye." She gave you the hand. Tell him bye. Like to tell you don't got time for that. You don't got time for that. You see what I'm saying? You, you, don't matter how ready you are, you ain't ready for that dysfunction because that's dysfunctional. He's that that guy is messy. Leave him alone right now. Any man, anytime you hear another man, we're going to another man's house, that man, mm -mm. nobody knows what's going up in my house. That's between me and my wife. So if a man is telling you what's going on in his house or the house he's trying to build for her, then he's playing games with you, Harriet. Don't, 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 don't get played. I feel like God is asking me to fast about what should I do? Leave him alone. And go on your merry way with God. Leave him alone. He's messy. I don't care how cute he is. He's ugly on the inside. Let's keep going. How to develop and sustain biblical expectations. One, two, three, four, five, six things. Five minutes and I'm done with this. How to develop and sustain biblical expectations. Number one, reflect. All these words rhymes with, uh, you know how I do it, expect. Everything rhymes with expect. I, I worked hard on these points. Number one, reflect on his goodness. How to develop your esteem? Reflect on his goodness. Don't worry about the good you desire to have. Embrace the good that's delivered now. So I need you. What do you do to sustain biblical expectation? Reflect on the goodness of God. God, you're too good to me. And if you're good to me now, you're going to be good to me tomorrow. If you're good to me tomorrow, you're going to be good to me next week. If you're good to me next week, you're going to be good when I meet the right one. You're going to be. You're always going to be good. The number one thing you should do, top thing you should do, is reflect on the goodness of God. Number two, under that number one, how to develop sustainable expectation, examine your respect level towards God, the architect of everything, and where there are disconnects, okay? Examine the, your respect level. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. If you want wisdom in your single night life, Respect him in your single life. If you want wisdom and, and wealth in your marriage, in your ministry, in your career, reverence God. Your level of reverence for God will determine the level of your actions. So what I mean, you got to examine. Okay, I'm reflecting on the goodness of God, but let me also, because my expectation is direct reflection to my experiences, uh, in my uh, whatever with God. So I got to examine, do I really reverence God in this area? 
Do I really honor God with my life? Do I really honor God with my money? Do I really honor God with my time? Do I really honor God with my mind? Do I really honor God? I Because he's the architect. So I can't get mad. I got to trust in what he's already built. He's the architect. If I'm if I'm if I'm building a home, my wife and I desire to build our own our, our really our main home, right? If we desire to build a home, am I the one building it? No, I ain't the one building it. I'm going to trust the architects. I'm going to trust them. Them, the same as with God. I got to trust God, who's the architect. But I got to examine where's my level of respect towards Him in this area of my life, and where are the disconnects? Where am I not connected to Him mentally? emotionally. We may be connected to him because the Bible says in him that we live, move, and have our being. We're in his presence, but our mind is what connects us to his presence in a deeper way. So of course, nothing can separate you from the love of God because God's love is letting you breathe right now. So of course you ain't separated from God's letting you breathe. But when we're talking about embracing and engaging and benefiting from, our minds have to be renewed. My nephew's in the building, subscribe, Shushua. That's what he want. He's jumping in saying, hey, he want, I'm just messing. Subscribe to my nephew's page. But 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 yeah, man. And then all of a sudden, because your mind's not tapped into the presence of God, you tapped out. Let's keep going. Number one, reflect on his goodness and examine your respect level towards God, the architect. You got to trust that he's building what he's building is good of everything and where there are disconnects. Number two, allow the Holy Spirit to correct your intellect. Allow the Holy Spirit to renew your mind, connect your mind. I mean, correct your intellect so that you can think right. Because if you can think right, you can expect right. But if you if your thinking is off, then you're going to miss the mark. You're going to always be off. You got to allow the Holy Spirit to correct your intellect and in, in, next injecting you the right perspectives and passions and direct your life. So correct, inject, and direct. You must allow the Holy Spirit to do that. That's important. I got to I gotta cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Okay, Holy Spirit, I've jacked up my life thus far. I, I'm going to trust you now. I'm going to trust you now. So, okay, okay. So correct my thinking. Correct the way I'm thinking about marriage, the way I'm thinking about myself, the way I'm thinking about money, the way I'm thinking about ministry, what I'm thinking about whatever. Correct my thinking. And then I'm going to allow you to inject inside of every area of my life the right way to think about things. Um, the right way to think, the right way to feel, the right way to deal. You see what I'm saying? So that as I engage life, I have the right mind. You need the right mind, man, to do these things. You need the mind of Christ to do these things. So Holy Spirit, I need you to correct my intellect and I need you to inject in me the right way, the right perspectives and the right passions. And I'm going to allow you to direct my life because when you do that, then, then your expectation will be realistic. I mean, you won't be expecting much of anything. Uh, what I mean by expecting, it's okay to expect returns on investments, expect things, but you expecting realistically. Next point, three, inspect your expectations in light of the word of God and the points above, like one, two, and three. Inspect your expectations in light of the word of God. What does the word of God say about my expectations about marriage, about life, about whatever it is? What does the word of God say about that? I got to now make a decision. To inspect my expectations, write my expectations down, inspect them thoroughly in accordance to the word of God. If it don't line up, 
then I got to bring my expectation down to what at the level of the word or bring my level of expectation up to the level of the word. There's a level. Either you got to bring your expectation down to that level or you got to bring your expectation up to that level. We got to expect bigger. So there's nothing wrong with If you down here and you, well, this is all I'm going to have in life. My life won't suck forever. Okay, your life won't suck forever. You got all the word of God. like the word of God and say, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna boost my expectation up to the word of God. I'm going to expect bigger than what I'm expecting. I will do great things. I will be more than a conqueror. I am healthy. I am whole. I am healed. I will live. You see what I'm saying? Not down in clear works. I got to increase my expectation of the word of God. I expect to live better because I got the greater one in me. But if you got highest, well, this is how we going to be. This is how we going to do things. This is how we going to do things. You got to bring it down to the word of God. Inspect your expectation like the word of God and the points above and reject. Reject. Reject where I'm at. Where I'm at. Reject all ideologies that are not inscribed in the word of God. Nah, player. Be like this. Nope. You ain't coming in through my ears. You're not coming in through my eyes. Nope. Be like this. Nope. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. You ain't coming in. Next point. Number four. Learn how to detect, dissect, and select prospects and projects. <laughs> I work those words. Learn how to detect, detect demonic spirits, increase your discernment, detect the difference between counterfeits and counterparts. Learn to detect, learn to dissect, take your time and dissect it. Dissect anything that goes with anything. Dissect it. Okay. Okay. I'm 24. I'm 25. Realistically, no, no, no. dissect it. Learn to detect. So you get, I can, I can feel a demon a mile away. I can see a demon in the person. I know when the person's heart's not. That's why I'm not really around a bunch of people. Because people know, I know, I know what's in them. Them demons know. Don't go around, Josh. Josh know who's up in here. Okay? Learn to detect, dissect, and select prospects and projects. Prospect. That's the the, the, the second greatest decision you ever gonna make in your life after choosing Christ as your Lord is choosing your spouse. So you better learn how to detect and dissect. What is your channel? Your my nephew's channel, man. That boy, nephew, put your channel back in there. You spell it crazy. What is it? He ain't spell it crazy. He spell it different. He ain't crazy. It's good. Too sure. My wife will put it in there. I'll, I'll, you know what I'm saying? You know, my wife she'll put it in there. <laughs> uh, you gotta be able to know how to detect and dissect your prospects, right? And then your project, should, is this the project I'm supposed to take on right now? Should I be doing this? Should I pursue this? It's a great project, but this is God's project. Let's keep going. Number five, never deflect. Take full response for your action. I'm never deflected. My, I never blame my wife. I'm never going to blame her. I'm not going to blame the, the man. I don't, care, I don't care who it is. I don't blame the white man, the yellow man, the red man, the black man. I don't blame nobody but this man. I'm responsible for my actions. I'm responsible. Never deflect, because if you deflect, you'll be uh, ejected out of your Eden. Adam blamed God and Eve. Eve blamed the serpent, and they both was out of the garden. So if you want a surefire way to never enter your garden or to be forced out of your garden, blame somebody else. Don't take full responsibility actions. Number six, expect good things from God and walk in his precepts. Always expect good. I always like I'm not worried about money. I'm not worried about shelter. I'm not worried about clothes. I'm not worried about nothing. I expect good things every day. 
because I'm in constant in, in, engagement with God. I love God. God knows my heart. And not in that secular way. Oh, God knows my heart. No, God knows my heart loves him more than anything down here. So I expect good things. I expect money to come find me. I expect people to bless me. I expect things to happen because I know I'm giving good. I reap what I sow. So I don't mind expecting big when I sow big. Ain't no one expecting that. I don't mind expecting that from God because, because one thing about God is, is that when you in his house, you don't got to worry about if I can drink milk or not. Can I, can I have, can I have this? It's, we, I expect everything that pertains to life and godliness for me. I expect it. Whatever the word of God says me to expect, I expect good things. All good things come from God. But my expectations are not going to be beyond that. I'm not going to sit there and be like, I expect God to make me a millionaire by tomorrow. Cool. Is that possibly in the cards for me? Maybe, maybe not. But is it unrealistically expected tomorrow? Yeah. Is it, is it, it, does God have a husband or wife in the cards for you? Possibly. Don't he have children for you? Possibly. But is it wrong to expect it in the next 30 minutes? That's unrealistic. So there's nothing wrong with expecting good, but just keep the guy, just keep, just keep God in mind and the proper time of development in mind. And then your experts will come realistic and be like, God, I'm just glad you're here. But like I said before, you at this moment gotta be okay with if God never gave you what you deeply desire. If you're not okay with that. Then you might not you might not be ready for what you're asking for. I hope this message was good. Uh, my final thoughts: those who are engulfed in God's love are patient, kind, content, humble, understanding, selfless, at ease, forgiving, a hater of sin, loves the truth, and are strengthened. These traits need to be in us before we are, before we cast expectations on others. That's basically from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. You need to make sure you have that before you're intertwined with the one that you want to be with in life or your purpose or calling or whatever it is that you want in your life. Listen, this activity I have for y'all is very, you're so welcome. God gets the glory for this. This activity I have for y'all is important. I need you to go to lifework.teachable.com and download this worksheet. I'm just going, I'm just going, I'm just going, I ain't going to tell you because I want you to go get it. But it's basically utilize this worksheet below to inspect your expectations. It's, 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 uh, as you can see, as you can see, it is as thorough as it can be. As you can see, as you can see, it is thorough as it can be. Lifeforce.tv.com, find this video of your expectations. Download that worksheet and process your expectation. And it's going to be some, uh, it's, going, it's going to be real. You're going to really see yourself and you have to make a decision. All right. What's the website again? I'll put it in there for you. Don't worry about it. I got you. Uh, let me find it. Give me one second. <clears throat> let me find it for you. Almost there. There you go. I see you. There you go. There she go. All right. Here you go. Here's the link right to the worksheet. There you go. And then my website here for everything that I have to offer. Books, card games, courses, all that good stuff. You're so welcome. Right up under her thank you is when I'm going to start answering questions. I got time for two questions. I got to go. <clears throat> Cash app, yeah, Joshua Azzy. Oh, why wow, y'all trying to y'all trying to bless the men of God?
<laughs> maybe say like the old church folk. My cash app is right here. I think the Lord is that my cash app. I don't want to send it to the wrong Joshua. Yeah, I think it's my cash app. Uh, I think it's just Joshua. That's my cash app. I think so. You can donate on my website. You can give all that good stuff. You can do whatever the Lord leads you to give. You can give on my website, imunplugged.com. But my cash app is uh, Joshua Ezzy. So simple as that. Thank y'all so much for y'all support. All those who've been giving, you guys are generous people. I really appreciate y'all trusting. Um, I'm, I'm, I kind of honor that God will lead you all to give to what is it that I do here. Um, I really, God gets the glory. I really appreciate y'all support and y'all's giving. And uh, y'all giving of words of encouragement, you're giving uh, as far as sharing the video, whatever your form of giving is, sharing the content uh, uh, financially, um, just comment and sending kind words. I appreciate you all. Um, God bless you, Coach and Miss Ezzy, for y'all's ministry has blessed my life and so many. God gets the glory. That's what we're here to do. All right, books. <clears throat> this book right here is the late, latest book I wrote. As he says, that's me, the cartoon character right there. It's my wife right there, Miss Ezzy, and all other cartoon characters Mr. Mo Guy used to work with. Book for students. It's just wise sayings for kids. It's for the school system. So it's not going to, it ain't going to have God or Jesus in it, but it's going to have, if you know the word, you'll know the words in there. Um, this book right here, The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Strongholds. That book's on my website as well. Uh, my book, Dating Prep, How to date, uh, Dating Yourself and Love Your Life Forever. It has questions and different areas to fill out and some inserts to help you um, date yourself. Uh, you can also buy with it. It won't come together because they're on a different site. We're working on it get on Amazon. Dating Prep, it's my other card game. The questions are actually on in the book as well. And there's three stages. There's the cloud phase questions. There's a cement phase question. The corporation phase questions. The cloud phase questions y'all just met, right? The uh, uh, cement phase is when y'all is getting real. His breath stank. You smell it now. Back in infatuation, you ain't smell his breath. You ain't smell his breath, but now you smell it. Now, now you smell a certain thing, and you contemplating if we should go to the next level. Cement question. Corporation question is, all right, cool. Your breath cool. We, we cool. We over that. We getting engaged, or we already married. So there's questions like a uh, cement question is, now that, like, now that it got real, you ask the question right off gate. Where do you see us in five years? A cloud question is, what is your favorite season and why? A corporation question could be, let me find a corporation question. A uh, corporation question. Oh, Lord, what a corporation question. Can I take them out? Because uh, it ain't that many. It was a lot of questions for corporation, but a lot, a lot of questions for semen. Uh, what are some habits that you do to strengthen your relationship with God? I didn't know what you're doing. I know we married, but I didn't know how you and God, you know, how you strengthen yourself, boo-boo. You know what I'm saying? So that book and card game will be a great, great resource for you all. Um, of course, uh, the purpose of singleness, this is the reason why we're doing this course. Uh, course right here, this book right here, probably uh, that and data purpose top books I'm selling that that, that are sold that, that are purchased. This book on spiritual warfare has uh scripts on the back so that you can be able to meditate on God's word, but it talks about the whole armor of God and spiritual warfare. And one that's dear to my heart, Unplug. Uh, my first book I wrote back in 2009, wow, over 10 years ago. Woo, yep. I get teary. I want to look at this book, but unplug top things to unplug from. I got another card game called Memory Muscle. Uh, it's a fun way to memorize uh, scripture. Um, are you at the back? Okay, let's see who knows Isaiah fifty three five. Who knows Isaiah fifty three five? Y'all know that? Hmm? You know that? Answer right there on the back, right there. And that's fun ways to do it at the bottom. Well, 
let's get right up to the question. I got time for maybe two more. My CMS as on the chat box today. God bless you. Oh, God bless you all too. Let me go back up to uh thank you. Or uh thank. Uh where did I say I was gonna start talking asking questions? Whoops. Okay, next question I see I'm asking answer. Blessings. Oh, y'all, y'all, y'all. So I love the chat, man. I'll be going back through the chat. So don't think I don't, I don't never I see everybody's comment. I go back and I, I look right through it. Okay, great. <clears throat> All right. Lion Lion says, should your spouse purpose align with yours? If not, what should you be looking for? Great question. Um, is everything going to align perfectly? No, but they support each other perfectly. Like, I didn't know. See, my ministry in the beginning was more so for adults. I didn't know I was going to be... It was crazy. When I met my wife, I worked at the YMCA. I didn't know that God was going to have, I didn't know it was in the cars for me to work in the school system. I didn't know God was going to have me create Propel in the card games. So when I met my wife, first off, my wife's an English major. I'm an author. My wife uh, has a degree um, to teach English in schools. Who's in the school system? Who's doing mentoring programs together? My wife and I. In the beginning, that, that was clueless. We were just following God until we realized, oh, snap. Oh, they align. So it's just, it, and, and my wife models and she, and she, oh man, she's just great. She supports it and I support her. Now she wants to write books and stuff. And so, so God reveals it in time. So what you look for is the will of God. The rest of it will be clear, made clear over time uh, because I didn't know I was going to be going this hard that 50% of my ministry of what I do is going to be towards kids. If not 60%, it's going to be towards kids because the fact that I work in a school system, you know what I'm saying? I didn't know that. And then next thing I know, wow, God, she chose English as a as her major. And I'm an author. I'm a writer. She chose, she's, uh, so she was, she worked at a school when I met her. I think she worked at a school. Well, she'll, she'll comment. Uh, was she were, oh, she was in grad school to be a teacher. And now I'm a teacher to a degree. It's crazy how God puts it together. And it's just, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. My wife just came in before I did the video. We, she already, she already thinking about, we got to get this book deal. Mm -mm. What you, what the next book looking like? She, she's already on me. You know what I'm saying? Because she's like more books, more, 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 more books, more money. You know what I'm saying? More books, more impact. So over time you will see it align. But you got to be in the will of God first because some things ain't going to make sense in the beginning. Because she, when I met her, was a model. When she met me, I worked at the YMCA. So imagine we met each other and be like, how this going to go? But over time, we found out, wow, we have, we mesh more than we think we do. So what you should be looking for, am I in the will of God? Is this person the will of God? Is this person content in God? Is this person exuberating characteristics of God? Is this person in love with God more than me? That's what you look for first. Look for biblical, tangible truths in that person's life. And then you will begin to see the purposes align as you follow God's uh, will. I got time. Maybe one more, two more. We'll see. Hello from South Africa. You are such an inspiration. You have taught me so much. Can't wait to read you, but God gets the glory. Thank you for your support in advance. God gets the glory. This is God teaching us. It's just a gift. I'm just a vessel. He's the one that's doing it all. Uh, let's see. Y'all know my heart's so big for y'all. Yeah, you guys question, Sheila. Yeah. Nice seeing Ms. Ezra on the chat box today. God bless you. Okay. Hey, mentor, when is the next Good Guys podcast? We just dropped one on Wednesday. We dropped one yesterday. 
We dropped one. Yeah, we we we're we're posting. We're we're going. I got BD on board. I finally got BD. I finally got BD ready to release every week. So expect the Good Guys podcast every single week. We just released one yesterday. We talked about seven signs. He's the one for you. Woo-hoo. So all the ladies gonna leave this video and go go to that video. Go to the Good Guys channel. Seven signs. He is possibly the one for you. And fellas, don't worry. Don't worry. Is seven signs she's wifey material coming next week? So don't I know, I know, I know, but sometimes fellas first, you know, ladies first, signs he's the one. Next week we're gonna talk about signs she wifey material or oh, wife material. I don't like the world. We might do wifey because wifey, oh wife material, seven signs she wife, wife material, wife material. We're gonna use wife material. Good guys podcast just dropped an hour and 30 so minutes of it. Check it out. It's 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 funny, it's fun, and it's fruitful. It's funny, it's fun. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm gonna talk to BD about that. All right. Uh, I met a guy who was 31. I'm 29, and I find him attractive. He is starting a ministry in the LA area for Hollywood. How would I let him know that by him? Uh, how would I let him know that by him being a pastor, by him being a young man, I feel. Where you at, Sheila? Oh, she like like I can approach him converse uh conversationally but i hope i'm not being fleshed i believe he is a he is single because he befriended me on facebook so open game laugh out loud maybe okay let me go back up Sheila. i met a guy who was 31 i'm 29 i find him attractive he's starting a ministry in la area for hollywood how would i let him know that by being him let him know that i'm interested by him being a pastor by being him a young man i feel like i can't approach him conversationally but i hope i'm not being fleshed i believe he is a single let god do it you're going to find people online that's attractive to you. You're going to find people that you find attractive, um, but you got to find God more attractive or you're going to be caught up in that web, right? And literally the web, looking at his pictures, becoming overly in, uh, intrigued by him. Um, don't approach him at all. Let God lead him. Let God lead whoever he has for you to you. Do not make yourself available. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to look crazy. You see what I'm saying? That's not your, that's not even, that's not even what God wants you to do. Contrary to what popular the world society says that women go get your man, make it happen. That's dumb. That that's that's you, 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 you're you're perverting the process of how God ordered <coughs> originated or organized everything. So it's just not wise for you to make yourself available to him. It don't, I don't care if he's a pastor, or whatever. If he's saying if he befriends you on Facebook, just keep it moving, keep it cool. Don't be posting to try to get him to like your post. Just 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 look at your heart and say, why do I really want his attention? Because whoever you want to, whoever's attention you want more than God, you will find yourself in detention to their own perspectives and emotions and find yourself at, at a low level. Because you'll know just because he's a pastor don't mean he's preaching the gospel. Just because he's a pastor doesn't mean he's been placed there by God. Be very careful on how on, on being intrigued by how good somebody looks from afar. And a lot of people look good from afar because anybody can can uh, change the effects of their pictures. But when you get close up, you realize this ain't really what I want. So what I would do is I wouldn't even approach him. That's not true. That's not your responsibility. I don't care if he, uh, if he, if he, if he befriended you because you sent him a friend request. That's just him. He he got a church. He like maybe she want to come to church, but um, but don't 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 uh don't get too caught up in that. Where can I buy the card game on my website? I am uh, unplugged.com. or you can go directly to my card game place right here. Let me find. Let me take you right to the card games to the site where I get my cards made. They're uh, made on demand. Let me move this out the way. All right, here we go. That's a direct link to the card games, and they'll be there for you. 
Uh, still doing personal coaching. I am a king. I'm working on it, man. I just had to get settled with everything happened with the Corona thing and working in elementary school. Things got adjusted. Now that we know, now that we know what we know about what's going to happen and we settle and we good, I may be doing some coaching. Uh, let me know what your budget is. Go to my website. All that's on my website. If you want one-on-one coaching, custom coaching. If I got time and a budget is, is at the place where I need, you can put, put, put whatever your budget is. It's basically when God leaves. God may lead me to someone that don't even have a budget, but it's based upon what I'm able to do, what's, what's wise for me to do, all that good stuff. God bless y'all too. God bless y'all too. Did I skip somebody? Good guys podcast. Where can I buy the card game? Still doing personal coaching. 24-7 pastor celebration. Family, I all being spiritual confirmation. Okay. God bless you too. I got to stop. I feel like I need to stop. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Everything's on my website. I am unplugged.com. I love y'all. Next week we're gonna be talking about emotions. Uh emotional attachments. I believe that's next on the list. Emotional attachments. Well, wherever the Holy Spirit leads me. We may go into the ah, I'm trying to get into the book, but the Holy Spirit is leading me a different way. But we'll get into the book soon and, and process some of those points. I love you. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Um, website, everything you need from me is on there. Um, ways to give, support, uh, get books, get resources, all that good stuff. T-shirts. Love y'all. Be blessed. Y'all know I love y'all. And I'll see y'all probably on live tomorrow or live this weekend. Um, y'all be blessed. Love y'all. Peace. <laughs>